the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. And welcome, boys and girls, to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Matthew Cox, joined by the usual cast of three-man weave characters. There's only three of us. That leaves two. Kai is one, and Jim Root is two. We're here again every Wednesday, a new episode of BBOC, talking about all the midweek to late midweek action of college hoops. On today's episode, the same boilerplate format applies, going through our six-pack of section Key games, mid-majors, big boys, little guys, all that good stuff. Fellas, how are we doing? Kai, opening thoughts before we get into it. I'm just excited to talk hoops, Matt, per good. usual. Yes. Enthusiasm is mandatory on this podcast. Jim, how are you? Uh, we got to stay cooking, Matt. We've been fairly solid on the pod recently, hot, and I hot, think hot. we should continue to do that. that. If we have to choose between that and the alternative, I think we should continue to pick winners. The key to our success has been targeting specific very specific team angles um specifically fading memphis we'll talk about memphis uh in a tongue-in-cheek light later on but let's get right to the live dog of the week where i hammered at memphis last week rice got the outright winner fun 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 the owls who who got it done the group also got georgia right for 36 minutes but then they collapsed down the stretch against alabama alabama has an ability to put on a 20 to 0 run in a matter of seconds and they did that to us but how about West Virginia? Got it done. Hosting the Bearcats. Got a juicy little spread there. A few money line dog trailers out there. Hopefully you followed. So I'd give us a, a, a two pats on the back for last week's performance. And now we look ahead to this week's slate for money line dogs of the week. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Uh-huh. Where's my dog? We got a couple on Wednesday couple on Thursday, and as usual, feel free to pepper in some suggestions of your own. I will tolerate that, assuming they're actually good suggestions, of course. Um, Wednesday, we have Louisville? Question mark? Yes, we do. Louisville, Kai. They're 1-0 in their last one. Got a mm-hmm. nice win over Florida State. Tyler Johnson was cooking. And Sky Clark, addition by subtraction, maybe, did not play. And yes, they beat the Knowles. And now they go up to upstate New York where they play Syracuse, who has Red Autry claiming that walk-ons might be seeing the floor. So whenever you hear walk-ons threatened, that's usually not a good sign for your program. We saw Michigan, Jawan Howard, give a similar sentiment after his post-game presser. Uh, but Ken Palm has this as Syracuse minus 12. So you might get a pretty juicy number if you want to actually bet Louisville on the money line, which sounds like an absolute preposterous proposal. But given the value and who their opponent is, Jim, I do like that one. The other one I picked out was our Georgia Bulldogs, again, going on the road to Mississippi State, playing Chris Jans. And the brittle Bulldogs of Starkville, uh, dwindling depth there. Any thoughts on either of those two I picked out for Wednesday? Yeah, I think personnel is pretty enormous on both of them. Uh, I'm kind of on board the Sky Clark addition by subtraction. I think we kind of saw it at Illinois last year. And I know it's only been a game and a half, but when he was out late against Clemson is when they rallied. They were down like 20 and, and ended up making it somewhat competitive after he got hurt. And then again, 
uh, that very solid performance since Florida State. So I'm I'm pretty interested there. Syracuse just kicked Benny Williams off the team too. So mm. you have maybe that aspect. Is that addition by subtraction or is it just a sign of the kind of chaos that is surrounding Unraveling. the Orange program right now? And then the other game, yeah, you said dwindling depth for Mississippi State. DJ Jeffries missed almost their entire game over the weekend. He is super important as a defender, multi-positional, kind of embodies their style and what makes Mississippi State difficult to play against. That said, Mississippi State's played the toughest schedule in the SEC so far for Ken Palm. It's been a brutal gauntlet of good games at home and and tough road tests. I think they can kind of get right there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back that. But Matt, I think I am gonna jump on Louisville with you, just given the disarray that Syracuse is in, Kai. I'm jumping on Louisville as well, which is crazy to say from the preseason uh, perspective. Syracuse is a team that I liked in the preseason. I thought they would be good. Clearly it has not happened. The last several games has been terrible. It's no surprise that Autry is mad about his team's performances. They lost by 16 at home to Florida State in the last two games. They've lost um, in, in pretty big ways. And Boston College was close, but it's still Boston College. Uh, so they've lost three out of four. And Louisville, look, they're not super incompetent. I kind of buy the Clark addition by subtraction. The Florida State game was impressive. They only won once on the road this entire season. That was against Miami. So they beat a, you know, a, a semi-competent team, at least compared to Syracuse yeah. on the road already, for some precedence. But it's not the, the safest bet, we'll say, to take Louisville. I'd take it small for sure. But yeah, I, I do believe that Syracuse is kind of twisting down the drain a bit. So I'll, I'll jump on Louisville with you, Matthew. Yeah, Louisville is my actually only official play of this uh, of this section, just to full transparency before we get to the Thursday games. But I just think the value you'll get there should hopefully catch six to one, maybe seven to one, hopefully maybe on the other uh, Cardinals um, with the, against the team. Yeah, Syracuse should be be completely battened and bruised. All right, to Thursday we go. UAB. Heading down to Florida Atlantic. I can't believe I'm picking on my owls here in this section, but uh, Jim, we both reluctantly discussed that in American play, they have not been as dominant. They are two and seven against a number in F in AAC play one in four um, away from home here. So I'm sorry, FAU is on the road or they're at home. I've already, I'm, I'm messing up my schedule here. They're, FAU is on the road. At they're UAB. on the road. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I have it wrong. The outline, but they are on the road. They're one and four against a number on the road, two and seven in league. Both sets up like pretty good spots for UAB, Jim, who is playing better and certainly can play um, to a pretty high number given their talent and their uh, just their overall dynamism that they have at all five positions. Uh, the other game I picked out here are my Beavers, uh, Oregon State back at home, who swept the Arizonas in their last homestand, struggled on the most recent road trip, but different team home and road as are many of these Pac-12 teams. But Oregon State has really been a, a Jekyll and Hyde home v. road team. And I think if you're catching seven points at home, um, you know, money line equivalent two, three to one, I, I think it's a pretty good bet there against Washington State, who is really good. But again, I think mortal outside of their own friendly confines. Jimbo, to you, thoughts? Yeah, both of these are really tempting. The, the seven-point home dog, uh, you mentioned how good Oregon State's been at home. They've shot the ball really, really well uh, when they're home in Corvallis. And yeah, UAB, like coming into the year, I picked this team third in the league. A lot of talent, thought they would kind of maybe not contest with Memphis and FAU atop the league, but at least have a chance to do it if, if things broke right. And they struggled early. Non-conference performance was kind of odd. It just seemed like they were disjointed, but they're playing well lately. And in league play, if they haven't really done anything wrong, their only losses are at FAU, which was close most of the game, at Charlotte, who sits at 8-1 atop the league, 
and at SMU by three. Uh, they've been very, very tough at home, knocked off Memphis. They won at North Texas, which is a rather mm-hmm. difficult place to play. Um, so at Bartow Arena, Kai, I'm I'm tempted by both of these. I think they're both pretty solid bets. I'm only going to officially go with Oregon State for the show, but I, I like what, what Matt's putting down here with UAB too. I like UAB. Yep, I, I certainly do. You're not going to get seven. Uh, it, it won't happen. Yeah. But yeah, FAU, man, they've been playing with fire just about every single game in the American. They, they come back and they end up winning because they're a poised team and they don't panic. But it's still getting a little bit dicey. And UAB has been very good lately. Agreed. Jim, preseason, we thought this team would be pretty darn good. Even in Kimpom, they were a top 100 team in the preseason, competed with Bradley and Clemson right off the bat, beat Maryland. They're 6-1 and one against the spread their last seven games. They're, they clearly are playing better. FAU, not so much. In fact, if you filter in Bartorvik for the last couple weeks of the season, UAB would be favored by three or four points. So I I think this would be a a, a good bet for for the Blazers here. So I'm riding with them. Uh, You know, I was going to endorse Oregon State. I'm going to back out of it. I've been really impressed with with Wazoo lately. Uh, I'm going to stay away, but I do respect uh, a bet on the Beavers, Matthew, because they are a lot tougher at home. Plus seven would be tempting. Money line, I'm not going to go there. Screw it, Kai. You got me. You got me in on UAB. I'm I'm joining. Okay. I, I like talked through it. Like I I thought it was a strong bet, and so why would I not take it? I'd just be mad at myself for talking through it and not taking it. So, Matt, I'm I'm taking both your Thursday bets. All right, good. You're welcome to uh, feel free to hijack any of my suggestions. I will not be taking UAB money line. I will probably be betting them against the spread. I just think the late game execution for FAU is light years better than uh, than UAB from what I've witnessed so far. I like how you guys picked out the Rice and Memphis angles rice playing at home against smu um, a team that was much better at home to start the year but then the recent trends have actually flip-flopped they've been better away from houston than they have been at home but if you're getting the money line equivalent of plus nine uh it's a pretty good number against smu who cl- clearly has leveled off they've not been as dominant as we saw the first two months of the year and then memphis you know they just squeaked by um, who do they just beat recently at home? By uh, Wichita, Wichita State. Wichita State. They should beat them. They were down should 12 with like six minutes left. They go to Temple, a uh, tough place to go play, especially Temple playing better, just lost mm. in overtime by 12, sorry, to minus or plus 10 and a half Alabackers against Tulane. But clearly a competent team in Memphis is still uh, busting at the seams. I'm taking neither, but just two more for your considerations. Um, Kai, run through your official money line slate for this week. Yeah, just real quick on SMU. Yeah, 0-4 against the spread last four. Uh, Rice, 4-2 against the spread last six. Two teams, opposite directions. Not taking anything there. Temple sucks. I'm not going to back Temple. I agree. I'm no, still in the Temple I, sucks I, camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going Louisville. little hold-your-nose money line there. And then UAB. I, I really think they have a good chance to win outright. Hey, if they don't, fantastic. I love FAU, and I wish nothing but success for that program. So this is, good. This is a win-win for me both ways here. Yep, I'm going to join Kai on Louisville and UAB. Also going to give that the swing uh, out in Corvallis with Oregon State, taking on Washington State, trying to build an NCAA tournament case. And then I am going to go Rice, Matthew. I'm I'm not brave enough to take Temple and that kind of cobbled together roster with no size against Memphis, but I will go with the Owls at home against SMU. It just feels like SMU is becoming a lot more mortal lately. Kai mentioned their their ATS trending downwards. I will take rice back to back weeks. You you inspired me with your rice take last week. Thank you. Uh, more of a ins, anti inspo against Memphis, but uh, glad that it worked out in Rice's favor. But yeah, SMU four straight games decided by five points or less. So tough to you know not exactly a team that's 
routing teams as we saw earlier in the season. And for me, just Louisville. So one and done. Uh, come on, Kenny Payne, deliver for me, please. We move forward to section number two, Blowout City. Decent week last week for the boys. A couple of squeaky covers, if we're looking at this, of did we pick blowouts that would cover Colgate did win by 19? That would be good enough for a cover at the closing number. Uh, again, continuing to pick on those Patriot teams at the bottom of the barrel that just aren't that good, and Colgate typically plays better against those teams. Mentioned Memphis at length. We won't need Whoops. to. I don't, My what? bad. Memphis. Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Memphis was going to blow out Rice. I did. I really did. Oops. It's okay. You're forgiven. And then South Florida, I'm sorry, South Florida, USF. The other USF, the West Coast USF, San Francisco, uh, beat San Diego by 16 points. That was basically the push or a cover, a non-cover, depending on what closing number you would have gotten there. I was surprised that the Toreros hung around for as long as they did with the Dons, just given how those teams profile. But we look ahead, and my first selection option for this week stays in the WCC. That's Gonzaga hosting Portland, who has become kind of a – you know, a pinata in the WCC. My guy Shanty Legan just cannot get any defense from his pilots. The Zags laying 25, according to Ken Pop. We'll see where that actually opens up. That's a big number, but it doesn't feel like the pilots kind of any hope of guarding Gonzaga. And then another team that we like at home, Indiana State uh, hosting Valpo. Now this one's tricky because they're off that big win that you two are both at in person against Drake. Valpo comes to town. Are they playing inspired ball? I just think Indiana State takes them to the woodshed, spot agnostic. Um, two for Wednesday, Kai. Any interest in Bo's laying the wood? Yeah, I think both are are worth it. I would say Gonzaga more so because, yeah, the, the spot coming off the of St. Mary's loss, Portland is not the Portland of last season, the, the magical team. Although they have, they've won two straight. I mean, they haven't been rolling over lately, but I don't think they can compete with, with Gonzaga's level. You saw them lose by like 40 to St. Mary's. I just don't think they step up well uh, against the elite teams of the league, um, of which there are two, maybe three. So, yeah, I like Gonzaga there a lot. Indiana State's incredible. Uh, I, I don't think Valpo's going to hang around, Jim, but I, I like that one a little bit less, just, just given the emotional victory over Drake. Crowd couldn't be any better that night. Um, so I, I'll, I'll endorse Gonzaga and maybe fence ride Indiana State. Yeah, Indiana State's just fun to back as a big favorite because the offense can explode. Uh, but I'm I'm with you guys, Gonzaga. I, it's like weirdly a buy low of a minus 25 favorite, a sell high of a 25 point <laughs> dog, considering Portland's uh, loss or, or one two in a row. But they just can't get healthy, man. Tyler Harris returned for two games, then has missed the two wins uh, that that they've had. Karoma's been out for a long time. He's like the actual interior weapon. Uh, they've got uh, Matt, the, the the big Japanese guy, Yamanuchi Williams, Yamanuchi, has been in yes. there, but not like. Fully, it doesn't clear, seem like he's fully himself. They just can't stop anybody. You can score inside, you can score outside. Their defensive rating in league play is 122. That's 122 points for 100 possessions. Gonzaga is a great offense, and at home in Spokane, off a loss. It all adds up to me, Matthew. I'll be riding the Zags. Yeah, I should have raised concern or sounded the alarm bells of Portland when when Legans was so geeked about Yamanuchi Williams of Lamar transfer uh, in the offseason discussion. So that's sort of emblematic of where this team is right now, talent-wise. Uh, one more for consideration on Thursday. Detroit Mercy, uh, and no teams have had any mercy against them this season, looking for their first win on the year, catching 20 points at Wright State, a team that can certainly beat teams that are worse than them by big, big margins. Yeah, I don't know. I think Detroit's sort of, uh, at this point, when you're 
360th in Kempom. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouts to the horizon, by the way. Two of the bottom four teams in the country are in the horizon this season. Um, but yeah, tough to say there's value on fading Detroit at this point. Kai, any interest on the Raiders at home? Or is it just like a stupid spread where it's not even worth considering? Yeah, not really. I think they can name their number in terms of points scored. I think they'll score at least 100, you know, probably 110. You're talking about the best offense in the league against the worst defense. And I don't think either stat is particularly close. So I, I think it's going to be points, points, points for Wright State. We'll see how much Wright State cares about playing defense because that's really the only limiting factor. Yep, yep I agree. I'm going to bet the first half over in that game, Matt. How's that for a little hmm. niche market? Uh, I think they, they get up and down, and maybe in the second half if it's a blowout, Wright State isn't as uh, incentivized to keep the gas pedal down, but I'm envisioning something like 56 to 42 at halftime. Like I, I think this is going to be an efficiency bonanza on both ends. Yeah, right. State plays Benador defense. They just don't have any interest on that side of the ball. But uh, we shall Half see. The time, they right. don't need to. They score so efficiently. Who cares? Exactly. Right. You're up 10. You can kind of give up some easy ones in transition. No big deal. Uh, all right. Those are lame games. Let's talk about some actual power conference games. But before we get there, a word from our sponsor. That's BetMGM. BBOC is proudly presented by BetMGM. Please use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. Pretty good deal there. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Power game of the week. I'll be honest, a lot of the heavy hitters are on Saturday, so Stucky and the crew will get you all teed up for those. But we have Iron Bowl to break down here, fellas. That's Wednesday Alabama at Auburn. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I could feel it. Should be a fun one, Kai. Bruce Pearl and the boys looking for a big signature marquee resume win after their tough road trip uh, last week. But uh, Ken Palm has says Auburn minus three. I see a lot of back and forth market push and pull with this one. I think there's a very um, a lot of dissenting opinions in the market, I guess, on both teams. Where do you stand on the Iron Bowl? Yeah, this is for uh, first place in the SEC. Bama takes a pretty nice lead if they win. Uh, if they lose, it's a, it's a tie between Alabama and Auburn. Game one was really good as well uh, in in Tuscaloosa. Alabama kind of controlled it the entire way. Um, you know, Auburn only lost by four, but it was Bama's game from start to finish. Very impressive. I like Auburn a lot better at home. Uh, they they clearly have not been the same team on the road. Their defense has been incredible this season in general. Uh, I, I do think they give Alabama problems on the end, or at least have the potential to. And holding them to barely over one point per possession in game one is impressive. They did force turnovers. Mark Sears, five turnovers in that first game. I think Auburn slaps them back here at home. So I, I lean their way here. Yep. I'm Kai, you mentioned trusting Auburn at home more. I agree with that. I also trust Alabama at home more and they're not mm-hmm. at home. They have shot the ball way better at home than they have on the road. We know they don't live in the mid-range. They don't take floaters much. It's it's pretty much rim and three when you're talking Alabama. And Auburn is terrific defending the rim. I think you get the the swell of that atmosphere, the way that they elevate uh, the uh, the Tigers in the jungle there. So I, I think, yeah, Auburn gets the rebuttal victory, Matthew. They only have one quad one win right now. Their profile in the NCAA tournament is like the, the resume doesn't match up with the metrics, so they're hard to seed. I think we start to see that correct here. Uh, I was against them last week on the road. Uh, I thought they were kind of overvalued, but now back home, picking off uh, a riding high Alabama. Yeah, I like Auburn. Yeah, number five and number seven in Kempom, respectively. I, I still am hesitant to anoint them both as true elite, elite 
but um, they're right there. They're knocking at the door. Maybe at, at the end of this game, I'll have some conviction on either one. The other two to note on Wednesday, I'm calling this the Big East double bubble trouble. Two matchups with bubbleicious teams in action. Creighton going to Providence, Villanova going to Xavier. Villanova is just a whack-a-mole type team, but it feels like their roller coaster year is somewhat predictable in a sense. Um, spots seem to be pretty obvious with this team, whether they play awesome, whether they play terrible, but it all comes down to do they make threes and do their opponents make threes. Creighton at Providence, I think the story here, Kai, is Bryce Hopkins not in the lineup, hasn't been for a while. Providence still playing pretty well without him. You know, kind of gritty, gutty, defensive-minded. Mm-hmm. And the Creighton jumpsuit and Jays, man, losing at home to Butler, giving up 150 points or whatever that final tally was. I am officially worried about my Jays. Thoughts on either of these two angles? Bets. Yeah, I, I've said I, I've been shocked by how competitive Providence has been without Hopkins. They're five and three against the spread, but the kicker here is they're one and two against the spread as a favorite without Hopkins, and one of those is DePaul. So I, I really do think they play better as a dog. They just don't die. They're kind of a cockroach. Game one against Creighton. If you watch that game, Creighton got up by as many as uh, I mean, I want to say eighteen. I yeah, eighteen, 18 points. Yeah. It looked like it was in the bag, and then Providence just did some voodoo magic, came back. Creighton still almost covered that game, that eleven point spread. As a pick, as a small favorite, I really don't like backing Providence here. I think Creighton's the much better team. Again, Providence has two guys who can score. It's Carter and Oduro. You have to think McDermott has a good game plan the second time around here. So I I like Creighton here, Jim. Creighton's just such a strange team defensively. It's like they've taken everything that people have ever talked about schematic or like mathematically to the extreme. Like we're not going to follow, we're not going to force turnovers, but we're going to force you into the mid-range. You won't get to shoot threes. We have Kalkbrenner at the rim. So they're just like trusting math and they'll get get defensive rebounds. I just I think it can be a problem if the other team is always comfortable and always know yeah, they're going to no be able to get to their spots. Yeah, you're just not bothered by Stephen Ashworth's on-ball pressure or Baylor Shireman's on-ball pressure. And it lets other teams get a little bit comfortable sometimes. And at home, Providence kind of back against the wall. Uh, they just got blitzed over the weekend on on Sunday at Villanova, kind of an embarrassing offense, offensive performance. I, I'm scared enough of Creighton's defensive question marks on the road. Uh, I'm not going to bet this one, Matt. I, I think there's a chance Providence picks up a huge NCAA tournament resume win. I think I lean that way. But you mentioned the uh, the Villanova game from the weekend against Providence, which is why I think it sets up for a good spot for Xavier, especially at home, who has been you know one of the strongest home versus road split teams in the country. Now they just went into DePaul and won by a million, but that's a that doesn't count because DePaul's not a, a real team at this point. Um, I think Xavier minus three, if that's what the actual number opens, as what Ken Palm has at Kai is a great wager. I will be on the X-Men if I can find that price. I'm sure it'll be shaded up a little bit given the market's so in tune to, to Nova uh, and especially Xavier at home. But we'll see on Thursday, not a lot of action. I'll be honest, kind of a light week slate. Sorry, Pac-12 fans. Uh, we will mention Arizona at Utah. Could be a real doozy up on the mountain. Key injury question marks for the Utes here. Uh, who's going to play? Utah did get that big win at home despite being shorthanded against Colorado, but I still think they're going to need all their hands on deck to beat Arizona. Kai Raleigh Worcester, not in the lineup. I think he's key in this matchup. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's key. Lovering came back. Um, that That's huge against Arizona's front line. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same story a little bit as the SEC teams. Arizona on the road. They haven't been, you know, fantastic. Teams are certainly shooting well against them. Let's just caveat that. But their three losses in conference play have been on the road. Stanford, Wazoo, 
Oregon State. Uh, and they, they've had a couple wins there, but they're just certainly not the same team. Utah, one of the toughest places to play in the entire country. Uh, I would be very hesitant to back Arizona at a, at a big-ish number here. Um, not sure I want Utah at like plus three or something because I still think the Wildcats are the best team in the country. Um, but yeah, I, I would... Man, I it's really spread dependent here, Jim. If it's like six, I'm leaning towards Utah. If it's like three, I'd lean towards Arizona. Yeah, I buy that. And just to back up what you're saying with Arizona on the road, uh, teams are shooting 43% from three when Arizona's mm-hmm. on the road. Like Oregon State lit them up. Stanford Oregon lit them State up. Oregon State made every shot. Yeah, and Stanford shot 64% or something from three on, on, uh, at Maple Pavilion. So I, I don't think Arizona's as flawed on the road as people are maybe making it out to be because it's been a little bit of outlier performances. However, I'm not anxious to back them on the mountain trip. You're going to Utah and then you got Colorado uh, over the weekend. I think if they beat or if they beat Utah, you bet Colorado on uh, over the weekend and vice versa. If if Utah takes them down here, I, I think you get a bounce back. But this feels like a big time split the mountain trip, Matthew. Yeah, I would agree with that. Real quick, shouts to Friday. Why let football have all the fun? Let's bet Friday Night Lights. We have Dayton at VCU. You boys were both just at Dayton Arena last week, and now they go to Richmond to take on the Rams, who are obviously trending up right now. Battle for the top of the A-10. Dayton at 8-1. Richmond 8-1. VCU at 6-3. Still two games back. I think VCU at home here gets it done. I just think it's an ugly, low-scoring game. The way the Rams have been defending has been fairly impressive. As awesome as Dayton's been, I do feel like they are a body short. I worry about their depth. Kai, any take on Dayton VCU real quick here before we get to the mid-majors, the true mid-majors? I guess I'd pay attention. We're recording this on Tuesday, but I'd pay attention to what happens tonight between Dayton and St. Joe's. You know, if Dayton drops that game, it's hard to see Dayton dropping two in a row in this league. Yeah. They are that good. You know, Jim and I saw this team in person uh, last weekend as well. They are incredible. Deron Holmes is unstoppable. VCU has no chance against Deron Holmes. Absolutely zero chance. Um, so I, man, VCU is tough at home, man, but I, I really hesitate to bet to uh, fade Dayton in this league. Yeah. VCU also, you got to figure out Bearstow's status. He, he missed last game. Um, Should be back today. Has, yeah, has been a, this a solid week. piece for them. Supposed to play this week against Fordham, like Kai saying. Uh, yeah, this this one, Matt. It's, it's hard to you can't get a feel for the spot without knowing what happens in the Tuesday tonight. Night game, yep. So we're not going to we're not going to there as well. Give it anything strong. I'm sure the uh, the Friday BBOC pod will have a quick take on that game. All right, mid majors. We got a couple of doozies this week. Wednesday, High Point at UNC Asheville. We're going to the Big South. High Point has been the darling of the mid major kingdom this year. Twenty and four overall, nine and zero in the league. Mister McKeon going to UNC Asheville. This should be a round to pick. Because UNC Asheville, who got bludgeoned in some non-con games stepping up in class, has been cruising throughout the Big South, as they did last year, led by Drew Pember, our boy, the ponytail king, the long-haired king. But High Point got Duke Miles back last game. Not that it matters, because his sidekick, has a gift that has been an absolute star. This game's going to be awesome. Um, I don't really have a hard take or hard lean in this game. I just wanted to call it to your attention. As a college basketball fan listener, you should be watching this game, if you can get it on your television. Um, Kai, if it's around a pick, will you have an angle, a lean in this one? Uh, Asheville is my lean. You know, high point's been fantastic, but I, I still think this team is better, you know, at home. We certainly saw that to an extreme last season. This year, they have been covering on the road. In conference play, though, interestingly enough, despite being 9-0, high point 5-4 against the spread, teams are competing against them. Presbyterian took them to the wire. Winthrop took them to the wire. Both those games on the road, Asheville even, 
had this game within one point at high point when they played earlier this season. Uh, I, I think Asheville gets it done. It, it's a team that I thought would be the best in the league uh, coming into the year, along with Winthrop. And I still think they have a chance to be. They're going to have the best player on the floor in Pember. That's always going to give you a, an advantage to win. Obviously, being at home helps out. So I, I lean towards Asheville. Yeah, if High Point wins this, they, they're taking their ball and going home in Big South play. Like yeah. They're going to be a uh, major w- lead at the top of the standings. Uh, but High Point on the road, uh, you mentioned the home road splits. Defensively, Like they're just much it, better at home. Sounds like a compliment, but they're just that bad defensively on the road. Like They can't guard anybody. Uh, if you filter Bartorik for just road games, they're 304th nationally in, in uh, defense when playing in the road. Asheville can really score. So Matt, this feels like over and I do think Asheville gets it done and keeps this race at least somewhat close down the stretch of February here. It does feel like an over. I don't, um, yeah. High points defense is, I feel like they can play defense when they're engaged. They just haven't been engaged all that much this year. Cause they're always up by 10 points or more. So uh, we'll see if you could actually argue their defense is undervalued, but uh, I'm not going to go there. I think Pember could actually expose them. A quick nod to a Thursday showdown. We've been hitting the coastal, the artist formerly known as the Colonial, pretty hard in this section. We have a UNC Wilmington at Drexel rematch, Kai. Teed up, two teams at the top of the totem pole there. Drexel took down the Seahawks way back in early January. Now the revenge spot sets up here. Uh, what do you like? I think this is a low-scoring rock fight that the Seahawks prevail in. Yeah, it's Wilmington at Trask for me, Matthew. Yeah, exactly. Game one was... Uh, shooting split bonanza uh, Drexel 47% from three and Wilmington was 20%. I don't think that's even close to reality between these two teams. Not that Wilmington shot well at all this season, but Drexel shooting that well is an aberration. They've been shooting that well in conference play all, all year. I think it's due to regress, you know, ATS wise, they're one in four last five. They've been struggling lately. That's kind of what we expected. They're a solid team, but it's mainly the defensive end. They stagnate like crazy offensively. I think at UNC Wilmington, uh, arguably the best home court advantage in the conference. I think that comes uh, that comes to fruition in this one. So I like Wil- Wilmington here, Jim. Yeah, I just again, I don't think Drexel is the clear cut best team that's going to start to separate atop the standings and going to such a difficult environment. It's going to be packed house, sold out. Even if Wilmington gets down early, we've seen over the past year and a half, this team loves to come back from from any kind of deficit. Uh, mostly double digits last year, but I don't think they get down double digits here. They've got enough bodies to kind of throw at Amari Williams inside. It's not like they're going to um, dominate that matchup. But they can neutralize him a little bit. And I just trust Drexel, especially Justin Moore, a lot less on the road, Matthew. He, he can be very erratic in the backcourt yep. for the Dragons. And I think this one sets up like a sort of down performance for him. Yeah, we thought Drexel would be good, but I think we all agree we don't trust them in certain spots. It's just, we've seen enough of the bad too much where, you know, I, I know what they truly are. Their true colors may shine through here, exposed at that raucous Trask environment. All right. We pivot to the trash man pick of the week. We'll hit it quick and we'll move forth because nothing exciting to talk about here. The trash man pick of the week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage. And you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. I wanted to give our Patriot brethren a reprieve from being battered and slapped around on this section. So I wanted to you know, rise up in, in class to find some trash in the middle of the trash pile, the bigger trash pile. And I find Illinois, Chicago and Illinois State, uh, who cares, Missouri Valley game on Wednesday. Interesting angle there here, though. Luke Yaklich 
um, former Illinois State man going back to his former stomping grounds. Two bad teams here. Kempom has it Illinois State minus three. I think the Flames grow one and eleven, and now down to two hundred in Kempom after getting as high as one hundred and fifteenth, I think, in early non-conference. Uh, I think they get this road win, Jim. Um, but wow. any take on my trash? I guess is my question to you. Uh, no, I just I have no interest in either of these teams. I, I actually thought Illinois State had been worse against the spread in league play. Uh, they're only five and seven, but Illinois Chicago is one and eleven against the spread in league play. Not just yeah, not just, just straight bad. up standings. They're just the bad. worst ATS. We talked about it a little in last week's episode in Kai's spotlight section, but they're the worst ATS team in league play in the country. Not a horse I'm excited to back. So I will stay away from this, Kai. I also know I've been terrible betting state of Illinois teams while living here. So uh, it's been, it's, it's stay away for, for old Jimbo. Yeah, it's one of the most wild splits in the country from an ATS perspective. UIC was eight and two against the spread in non-con. And now they're one and 11 against the spread in Valley play. It's almost like a total give up. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what the issue is. I um, mean, and against Illinois state, look, they are not a world beater, but they have some talent on their team. They're a really old experienced squad. They've, they've won five games in league play. Uh, number one free throw attempt rate in the league against the team that fouls the most is a pretty good start. UIC not very disciplined this season. Illinois state due for some aggression too, shooting wise. In conference play, I, I I lean towards the Redbirds here. Nothing uh, strong. And again, like Matt said, it's the trash man pick of the week for a reason. And my second piece of trash for Thursday, I have zero interest in backing Siena. The Saints, who had a little bit of glimmer of hope when they got Sean Dura-Gordon back, and now they're just back to being absolutely awful. I bet them against Ryder, and I think they were down at 50 within the first five minutes. Um, they will be hosting the Red Foxes of Marist, Let's just move forward. Any take on this game, guys? Uh, Don't watch the home basketball. Yeah. Impossible team to get right. Uh, they they covered last game, but they were down 20 again to Mount St. Mary's. Yeah. If it's a really hard team to get right. If if any of the three of Ely, Duergordon, and Tekken are out, I, I think they're just like a hardest to stay away is likely an under, and Tekken was out last game and banged up. So, yeah. Ugh. Well, hey, let's check off Sienna. So Sienna, Detroit, Mercy, IUPUI, we mentioned that's three of the bottom five teams in the country on this program. We cover every team. We mean it. We take it seriously here. Spotlight on our final section, Maddie Macros. We're talking some conference trends. Just a quick little trivia batch for you guys in superlative fashion. Went through the Ken Palm conference only page. Fun little page for those of you who don't use that tool out there. Kind of see how conferences are trending you know, it sort of explains a lot of the macro. There are lots of overs or unders, favorites, dogs, home road splits, which we've talked about in prior weeks. But, um, you know, pretty good sample at this point, February 6th. So my question to you both, trivia, what is the most efficient conference today? Jim? I have two Kyle. guesses. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hog the ball and guess two. Good. Either the WCC or the A-Sun are my two guesses. The A-Sun is correct, which makes right. total sense given um, – I mean, actually, who's leading that charge in the A-Sun? Uh, everybody? Sun, Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> no, one, no one plays any defense except Eastern Kentucky. Except so, Eastern, yeah. right. They're, they're, they're the outlier, and there's a reason why they're probably atop the standing. It's basically like the North Dakota State of the summit in years past. Like The reason they always win are always good because they're the only team that actually plays defense. Uh, the least efficient conference. I, I want Kai to guess that because I, I don't have a good guess. The SWAC. <laughs> Close. If you catch my the Miak. Yes, the Miak. Miak's actually a whole two points worse than the SWAC. So Miak really 
really struggling to throw it in the ocean up there uh, below 100, um, below an, a- an average of less than one points per possession. Not great there, Bob. What's I the watched the fact- Coppin State oh, yeah, Maryland right. Eastern Shore game, Matthew, and it was horrendous. I think it went to overtime and under still was was very, very safe. <laughs> uh, I'd ask why, but we don't need to get into that right now, Jim. I, I, I think I, I had the under. That's okay. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> the most foul prone conference. Basically, the which conference is most annoying to watch from a flow perspective? Go it's west. My turn first, he's doing snake. Go west, yeah, Kai. To you, go it. west is my I'm going is my whack. Whack. Forty two percent foul rate, and I've heard a ton of groaning on Twitter from whack fans about how the referees have just taken over those games. But I also think those teams foul a lot. They press this, a lot. There's a lot the of teams fouling. in that league. Your I think Abilene, it's a product of the styles. Tarleton, yeah, right? These are teams um, that foul constantly. So on Twitter, I I did not say this, but I wanted to say, look in the mirror, all of you. Um, what is the least foul-prone league, Jim? Most flow to these games? Probably not as good for overs, potentially? Yeah, I'm thinking either Ivy or Patriot is my guess. Ivy. Just, it's the smart, okay. the smart leagues, right? Technically sound, smart, that's exactly right. Yeah, and much more execution-based, yeah. Yes. That Yale-Princeton game was just awesome. Um, Cornell, same way. Even Cornell presses, but they don't foul a ton. Uh, best home winning percentage, Kai. What conference has been the friendliest to the home teams? We talked about this tangentially a few weeks ago, but, but where are we at right now? I'm going to guess the Big Ten. And I'm going to up there. They're fourth. Is it is it Conference USA, Matt? Conference USA is number one, Jim, 28 and seven, 80% wow. win rate. Home I, teams. I wonder adding like New Mexico State to that is part of it. Like a lot tougher travel. Yep. You've got the them UTEP in UTEP trip. And- you have FIU, yeah. you have Western Kentucky. It's just like a, it's sort of like the whack, but like the L is the vertical, and then the horizontal is the is the conference USA. It's just a weird setup there. Um, yeah, yeah A Sun second, Pac twelve third, Kai Big Ten fourth, and Big Twelve fifth, Mountain West sixth, Wax seventh. So basically, all of those make total sense in terms of best home win percentages. Uh, how about the worst? And the answer to this question is. Sub 500 home teams are actually below 500 in this conference. Kai, this one makes sense too. Northeast, I'll go with AC. Close, but no cigar. Jim, Uh, Patriot, Mm. no, the Metro Atlantic, Mm. Vermont, Vermont. Oh, America East, East. America East. Uh, 16 and 20 are home teams. Tough. So huh. you want to be playing on the road is what the I was good. Home is bad. Interesting because that <laughs> conference tournament, I believe, is all home venues again, or they change that this year. So maybe a year where you actually are going to be fine if you're not hosting. But Vermont always wins, so it doesn't matter. It's not even worth discussing. It's the, the Vermont Invitational. Yes. Vermont Invitational, exactly. Uh, final two for here, the fastest league. Playing well for overs. Jim. Swack or A-Sun? Is, oh, is it? I was going to wow. say that. You say, oh, I'm sorry. Kai. I was going to say Marquis. Yeah, I guess they hired some coaches uh, recently. Albany. Yeah, uh, and yeah. even um, at New Hampshire, Bryant Nathan Davis and New Hampshire. Yes, those four. Like you yeah. know Bryant, you know UMBC probably, but I don't think people realize how like Albany is just going and blowing. And then yeah, New Hampshire, Nathan Davis, <laughs> going um, and blowing, going and blowing, blowing and going. Other By the way, for the listeners out there, my my big tip is every time Matt asks me a question, I guess two. That's that's the that's, that's my strategy. Just sneak it both in there. Not good for Jeopardy. Good for this format. Uh, Kai, slowest conference. The slowest conference in America is wow. That's a tough one. I'm gonna go Ivy. Close. Give you a second Ivy. guess. It's featured heavily in our trash man section. Usually, 
Is it Patriot? Yeah, Patriot. Yeah. 64.7 possessions on average per game. Um, Yeah, it's gross. Not even Army, Lafayette. Gross. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's like rarely a team that actually wants to run there. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, not a ton of speed or athletes in that league. Shame. All right, that's all we have. I just want to kind of talk about those angles. I think all of those kind of play into over versus unders if you're looking to, you know, bet, especially get this late in the year. I think some of these conference trends mean something until they don't, of course, until they don't, but until they do, um, or for now, they do. So there it is. Little intel for you and your betting wallets. Fellas, that concludes today's BBOC episode. Come back and join us next Wednesday, same time as always. But definitely check out Stucky and the guys this weekend as they break down another monstrous conference Saturday slate. Until that time, good luck and may the three-point variance be ever in your favor. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.